This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. <laughs> Trauma often separates us from our own self leaving us feeling disjointed. We exile parts of us we feel are bad, and shame hides us from seeing our own reflection. Through healing, you can have a mind-body-spirit connection that ushers in a new sense of self-agency and self-alignment. If you have trauma or abuse in your human experience story, you are not alone. You are not broken. You do not need fixing. While we cannot go back and remove the trauma that we endured, we can find healing now in our present and live our best authentic life. Sarah. Valeria interviews Sarah Miley. She is an experienced crisis advocate and an IFS informed trauma recovery coach. Through her own learned and lived experiences, she is passionate about helping survivors find the roots of their suffering. By making sense of their trauma, they can make meaning out of their healing. Her focus is on survivors of developmental childhood trauma, attachment wounds, emotional abuse and neglect, PTSD, those who struggle with the emotional and relational after effects of dysfunctional formative years. She is the owner and coach of Full Circle Wellspring, LLC the founder and coach sultant of the Personalized Trauma Healing System and the host of the Trauma Survivorhood podcast. She is available for private and group consulting, interviews, press, podcasts, and trauma-informed consulting for businesses. Meet Sarah at fullcirclewellspring.com. Here's the interview with Sarah Miley. In your own words, who is Sarah Miley? Well, it's such an important question. And I think I would say I am a whole, unbroken, healed individual. Uh, I wear a million different titles, none of which truly define me, I guess, unless you look at all of them at the same time. So I guess I can't really list titles because they'd have to be all in congruence with each other. So yeah, I guess I'm just, I'm just a whole individual. Um, I live in happiness and in joy and in peace within myself. And um, I try to live in an integrity way that that's full of integrity and, and, and congruence to who 
I want to be in, which I guess is always moving, always changing, always growing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> How yeah. wonderful to hear that. We'll mention the, the roles, the, the labels <laughs> that you play in a minute. But for now, I guess another follow-up question is, how did you become who you are today? How did you arrive at this place, placeless place? Yeah, gosh, on a roller coaster ride <laughs> through a never-ending maze. Um, <laughs> I, was, I was born on a sunny Sunday in October, 41 years ago, and it's just really been a journey um, since then. And I'd say the first 30-ish, 32-ish years of my life was in a lot of um, trauma responses. Um, I lived in a very kind of sleepy way. Even though I was very intentional in my lifestyle, I was very intentional as a parent, I was very intentional as a kind human, um, it took the last you know, seven, eight years of awakening to really be able to connect to the universe in a way that is really authentic. And I've really been able to kind of come full circle to that, that place of authenticity where my past is my past. It doesn't define me. Uh, my trauma is my trauma history and it's a history for a reason. Um, and so today I can sit in that trauma healing. I can sit in that place of unbrokenness and that doesn't mean that I'm not still growing or fixing small areas, um, but nothing is inherently broken that is, you know, causing struggle and heartache every moment of every day. It, there's a freedom there in that authenticity. Yes. Yeah. Wow. That's beautiful. The way you answer that mm. question. Mm. Yes. Right. I love the way you say you talk about wholeness. So mm. that place of knowing, realize that there is something about us that's unbroken, that has never been mm -hmm. broken in the first place. So yeah. that sounds very spiritual. I would love mm -hmm. to hear from you. What is spirituality to you, Sarah? And that's the question. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think spirituality has to kind of be a center point, but it also needs to be connected to all of the different fibers of yourself. Um, you know, in, in my line of work with trauma survivors, we talk a lot about the mind body spirit connection and that's the understanding of the mind the soma connection to your own personal body and your own spirituality but then they each have to be also connected not just to you individually but connected as the as like you know a, a trinity so to speak and i think that the spirituality piece comes from understanding yourself in the universe and where you are in humanity on the outer spectrum and then taking that and, and creating a mirror space so that you're looking at the depths of yourself um, internally, right? Because if you look up into the sky at night and you're looking and we are just inside of one galaxy, inside of one solar system of many, of, of millions and millions of, of more of them, right? So it's infinite space out there, but it's also infinite space in the depths of your being. And spirituality is just the exploration of that. There And there's no ending. You're never going to find the edges of the universe and you're never going to find the edges of your inner spirit or your inner soul. Um, but it's the exploration that is the spirituality. It's it's the the healing is the journey, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Wow, I love that too. <laughs> What's not to love about that answer? Mm. Yes, 
infinite. That's my understanding or realization of what I am. Infinite energy, infinite consciousness, it's limitless. The interesting thing to me has been that it's not really only within the body-mind kind of dynamic. It's mm. happening all around me. So it's, yeah. it's everywhere. So when you speak of body-mind and spirit connection, is that something that we can measure in a way or can reflect back to us by through our relationships with other people in the environment? Would you say, would you yes. add that? <laughs> yes, absolutely. I mean, it is really how you are seeing the world and you're seeing yourself inside of the world. It's how you present yourself to the world. It's how the world understands you and sees you, but also how you see and understand the world. And relationships are a relentless mirror <laughs> and sometimes positively oh, yes. and sometimes negatively, yeah. but it's just showing you that mirror back of yourself. Um, when you're in relationship and in connection with other humans, with with animals, with nature yes. itself. Yes. Yeah. It feels mm-hmm. that way to me very much. Yes. Yeah. And mm-hmm. earlier you talked about uh, trauma response, living from that place, which I'm very yeah. familiar with, uh, I'd say sadly, because mm-hmm. I have yeah. met people who have not uh, had so many, didn't have pretty much any major trauma. So they mm-hmm. they didn't share, we don't share those experiences. So how do we learn to recognize when we are living from trauma responses, from trauma, basically? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. You know, there's, I guess there's qualifiers, right, to this to this answer. So when you have an, an energy about you or an emotion about you that doesn't quite match or a reaction, I guess I should say, that doesn't quite match the stimuli. You know, someone says something to you and your reaction just does not match what just happened. And this is where people around you who are not in this trauma response are like, wow, calm down, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> because they don't, yeah. they can they can physically and, and psychologically yes. not understand what's actually happening, right? right? Right. And so when you're not matching what's going on. You're often living in an old pattern or an old part of yourself, an old emotion that's been tethered to a trauma that's happened to you that hasn't been healed yet, that you haven't found, you haven't built a relationship with, and you haven't been able to bring healing to yet. And you're going to react in the same way. And it's all about keeping yourself safe. Um, You know, when, when something is scary, that's one thing. But Really, the mind is trying to keep you safe even when something is very sad or there's grief that feels all too familiar to some trauma response from long, long ago. Um, you know, when someone, um, you know, offends you, it's a safety concern for your brain. And so it's it's pulling up these protectors, which can look a lot like, you know, these we hear fight, flight, freeze all the time um, where you just shut down. But there's a, another one that's called fawning that's people-pleasing. Um to, to a degree, um, not just to make people happy, but you are attempting to make people happy or bring them peace or bring them calm in order to keep yourself safe, in, which means mm. you're actually abandoning mm. what you want to do in the situation. You're abandoning your emotions. It no longer matters what you think or how you feel about mm. the situation. Right. You are actually you know, being subservient to someone else's feelings or emotions or thoughts or actions. 
And that's fawning. It's very different than just, you know, wanting to be a good dinner party host, right? Um, it's actually abandoning who you are so that other people are okay. So in turn, you are safe. Um, you know, and there's tons of others. I mean, those are the four F's that we read about in psychology books, but I like to coin a, a bunch of other ones. You know, there's people can literally faint when they're under, you know, crazy stress. Um, you also can be a fixer or a rescuer or a hero, right? That, that fixer mentality I'm very familiar with. Um, you know, functioning. Some people are just high functioning people because they never want to stop being busy because that will touch their trauma and their, those emotions that they can't, they feel like they can't withstand. So they just function all day long. Um, you know, and some people flop, they don't function at all. They do the exact opposite. They don't go out in the world. They don't try anything because they're, they're too afraid of all those things. So there's multiple trauma responses that it just depends on what your brain picks. And you know, the brain just picks them. It seems like there's not really a pattern. The brain will pick something for one sibling that looks like a very externalized fighter and the other sibling who is experiencing the same trauma with the same parents that is going to be a freezer who's going to totally shut down and completely dissociate and self-harm maybe or something, you know, whatever the protective mechanism is. And it just, it's whatever your brain thinks is going to soothe it or keep it safe in the moment. So, wow, yeah. Yeah, that trauma response. It's it's not amazing. it is not great on the nervous system. <laughs> yes, right. Yeah, tell me about it. So I see in my experience has been almost like a combination of them from what yeah. I hear from you. So yeah. going from one to another. Yes. Ah, wow. It's really sad though, because my path has been spiritual. So I've been doing a lot of spiritual work and, and trying to understand going deeper into the nature of reality. Instead of just focusing on the parts, I was always interested in the whole, like, what's the yeah. big picture of this? What am I doing yeah. here? Those big questions. So I yeah. guess by doing that, I just kind of uh, ended up almost going the up. It was kind of the opposite way of what most people do. I went to a place that was already healed in order or didn't need any healing in mm. order to see clearly the parts that needed healing. Yeah. And that's where mm. my perspective is these days. So that's a bit different, right, Sarah? And um, not too many people, I think, go do this. Some people that I know, because they are also into yeah. spirituality, but not too many. I guess we try to heal the parts one at a time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's there's systems inside of us, um, you know, multitudes of, of, of systems that are working together. Um, and your, your parts system of, you know, these traumatized or unhealed or uh, wounded or scared or pained parts, um, you know, they, they often operate in systems, right? And, you know, the, the thing that we do want to be careful about, and it sounds like you've really just taken a higher ground with your spirituality. And obviously I don't know your full story as well. Right, so this is, right. this is not in a, in a judgment <laughs> way, <laughs> but we do want to be really careful that we don't take an approach of a spiritual bypass. Mm, yes. I did and, that too. Yes. I, yes. I realized that too. And yes. that is, that can be very common. So someone just, decide, you right. know, they, they're, they're in trauma responses and they take a yoga class <laughs> right. and in the yoga class, okay. they really feel like a safety or a freedom or some kind of just existential happiness that they've never felt before. And so they just go, oh, this is the answer. And then they bypass all their pain and all their grief. And they think it's because there's a healing there, but 
oftentimes when you're if you're actually bypassing it and not allowing these emotions of what happened to you to come to the surface and to find their place of grief and to put their pain on this on a platter and let it float away you know there there needs to be a space for that as well um spirituality is a great anchor spirituality allows you a grounded place to visit very very dark places and so you can sit in this centered um very uh spiritual um a safe, free place. And from there, you can go witness those parts that hold the shame or that hold um, the abuse or that holds the grief. And you can go visit with them and you can help those parts to heal. But you don't leave your seat of consciousness, as it's called, or your place of self-energy and self-leadership, like in internal family systems modalities. You don't leave that place of grounding because if you leave that place, you're going to blend in with those parts that hold all that shame. And now you're overwhelmed and overcome by the shame again. And that's not how it heals. It doesn't need to go back through you. It's the the part that holds it needs to just be able to express it. It needs to be heard and seen and validated. And then it needs to be able to let it go. And then that part can find freedom. But you haven't left your spiritual holding place, that grounded place that you found. So I think following a spiritual path that feels safe and grounded to you is important because when you get into those places where you are in a trauma trigger or a trauma response or you've gotten your nervous system has gotten activated, you need to have a place to sit back in and go, wait, wait, I need to find my safety. Now from your place of safety, you can examine your activation. You can talk to it. You can get to know it. You can go, wow, that was really interesting what happened. I'm really curious about that without having to actually, you know, be inside of the activation and stuck in it. You kind of sit back in your place. So that's where spirituality for me um, holds importance is it allows you just a little higher plateau to have a different perspective so that you're not constantly swept away by your emotions and your triggers and these activations. Mm. Yes, a billion times. I love your clarity Yeah, mm. about that. Yes, it really resonates true to me. That's exactly that. And of course, I keep revisiting everything because it's it's my my relationships. I can't really kind of not seeing them. But yeah, I hold that place of safety that my place is spiritual. The realization of that, that's Ah, that's just whole. And it's not in a romantic way, although it feels that way. I'm very devotional. So I kind of, sometimes it feels that way. I'm kind of just laughing for no reason. And when I, I get to contemplate, to reflect on that spiritual place, and it feels so good that I can't, I can't help it. But yes. I know it's not something that, it's, it's not a high place to be. It's just, it's very common. It's very natural to be in yes. that place, I believe, yes. for all of us. yes. Um, yeah. I think on your website you say that that we um, is, is that phrase that we um, nah humans having a spiritual experience, but spiritual beings having a human experience. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I mean everything goes through the spirit and the mind and the body. What happened to you, good, bad, ugly, or indifferent or neutral? It goes through those places in you. It has to be able to pass through one to get to the other, and that the healing comes when you're able to let it go through all of them um and and finish and complete the cycle that it that needed to happen right because 
you know, if something scary happened as a child and you didn't have anyone there to support you and to explain you're okay, you're safe. And so the fear gets stuck. Now it might've gone through your, maybe, maybe your body, maybe you sense the tension, but then it got stuck in your mind because you didn't know what to do with it. And it never even got to your spirit at all. And it's, it's just stuck in there and it needs to be able to go through each of these pockets and kind of release. Um, and for most, tr- re, you know, trauma survivors, because everyone goes through difficult things, but real trauma that gets that's getting really stuck, it often is really stuck in your body. And so your mind, you know, decades later might go, oh yeah, but I was a kid and my parents didn't know how to parent and it was a different time and it was a different age and nobody knew this was happening to me. It was a secret, so no one could help. And, you know, you think of all these spiritual ways to kind of heal yourself and you do all these beautiful spiritual practices and you feel good. But then you find later that the trauma is stuck somewhere in your body. And that's a really difficult place for a lot of trauma survivors to go is to somatically reconnect and to feel sensations and to stay with them, especially those, those ones that are more unpleasant. Um, and that's kind of where I'm, I am in, in my part of my journey is getting more the last probably two or three years. I've been focusing more on the somatic side of trying to, you know, hold safety for myself when there's really pleasant uh, really unpleasant um, body sensations. And then recognizing these sensations is something, you know, that happened to me and letting them go and releasing them. And they've been in weird places around my body that I had, I did not even have conscious memory of until I investigated the sensation. And then I'm like, oh God, that's from that. Oh my word. I didn't even know that was still in there. And, and it's, it can be, um, you know, if you don't have a place of grounding, it can be very dysregulating for some people. Um, and yeah, that, that safety doesn't often come from inside of our bodies when we've been through trauma, especially in our childhood. Um, and more so if it's been sexual and physical in nature of, of the, of abuse, um, it's even harder to kind of get into there, but it's essential to allow these things to complete what they were trying to complete through your mind and your spirit and and your body, not forgetting that that somatic piece. Mm, wow, I love you. I love your wisdom. <laughs> I oh. mean, it's just so clear. Yes, yes, yeah. I love the way you say that too. Letting them complete what they're they're meant to complete. They are trying yeah. to complete, right? Yeah, yeah. How do you make sense of pain and suffering, Sarah? Yeah, to make sense of it. You know, I don't know that it's made to be made sense of. Um, there's not a lot of logic behind pain and suffering and trauma. I do think that on the other side of it, there is depth, knowledge, wisdom, um, ability to connect to other humans in a different way. There's definitely lessons and the ability to grow. I think the more that you've been through, you actually have a higher capacity to grow um, just because I feel like everything has to be really congruent. So if the depth of your pain, you know, is, is X deep, I think it's also going to be, you know, X high or X wide or X expansive when it comes to the, the capacity of growth. Um, and so not to say that I want people to go through things just so they can be yogis and, you know, be, you know, be, you know, uh, Buddhist monks who have all the wisdom of the universe in their, in their noggins. Right. Um, I don't want people to have to go through that, but I guess if, if pain and suffering, it seems like none of us have ever gotten through the world without a bit of pain and suffering. Um, we've all had a bellyache. We've all cut our finger. We've, you know, we've all had, um, you know, at, at, 
uh, we stubbed our toe. From those teeny small little things, it just shows us that humans, um, you know, need to endure something for some purpose. And if we can make sense on the other side of it, I think that's where um, the meaning making comes. And I, I call it meaning making rather than making sense, right? Especially if you've had trauma that has involved relationships, you know, parents that were supposed to protect you or siblings who you were supposed to have fun and play games with. And these people that have hurt you, a partner who, you know, narcissistically or psychologically abuses you, these are people that you were in such close relationship with that hurt you. So it's really hard to make sense of it because you have no idea what's happening inside of their psyche. Their world is a whole, a whole nother dimension that you cannot access, but you can make it make meaning for yourself, for your purpose. So when you're being really authentic, you can go, you know, I actually am thankful that this thing happened to me because now I am free to do this or I'm, I'm, I can be appreciative that I saw the light when I did. Now, maybe it was 20 years into that narcissistic abusive relationship. Why didn't you see it at year five? Why did it take 20 years? It doesn't matter. You saw it and you're out and there's something that you can appreciate from there. And that, that meaning making allows people to really kind of make sense of who they are, not of what happened to them, but a, a sense of who they are as a person. It, it goes back to your first question that you start with of, of who you are. You wouldn't know who you were if you didn't, if you weren't forced into introspection, if you weren't forced into self-discovery, if you weren't forced into this healing path, if you didn't have anything that you've, you've never been through anything, you've never had a heartbreak, you don't know what grief is, you've never lost someone that you love, you've you've never been, you know, screwed over by, by an employer. Like, how can you relate with me then? How can we resonate together? How can we sit in connection? Um, and so I think it's important because all humans have some level of suffering. It just means that we're human, you know, it makes us human. And that's the sense of it. It's the sense of, of who you are that can come from it. Mm, wow. So, so true, Sarah. And as you said, we all go through some kind, some level of suffering and pain, yeah. all of us. It's yeah. just going, being able to reflect on that, that uh, going deeper into it, that makes what you call meaning so we can connect yeah. to others. I love the idea of empathy. I think I mentioned off record this, yeah. you know, when we access the compassion, empathy for ourselves within the human experience, yeah. and we know how challenging it can be, then yeah. it's so much easier to have that for others, to offer that to others. For my experience mm -hmm. has been so easy. And I'm careful with that too, because I know a lot of my trauma responses had to do with people pleasing and trying to make peace yeah. out of everything. Yeah. But I know that it feels different now, very different. Mm. I'm not trying to please anyone. It's just naturally arising, that feeling yeah. of compassion. And yeah, exactly. And you know, that place now comes because you're safe and your body yeah. isn't searching for that safety. Right. And so right. it doesn't need mm. to do it. It wants to do it. It yeah. gets to do it. And I feel yeah. that I feel the very same as a, <laughs> yes. as a recovered fixer, as a recovered savior and rescuer and fawner. I'm still though a coach. I still hold space for people. Um, I still work with other humans and I sit with them in their pain but I'm not there to fix them. I'm just there to help them in their journey of healing. Um, I'm also doing it from a place of them coming to me to ask me for help, right? Your average fixer or people pleaser, you are deciding what everyone needs. 
you actually have no idea because you don't stop and ask and no one is asking for your help. (laughs) You're actually just doing it. (laughs) You're doing it to stay safe. (laughs) So now it's, you know, people, my clients come to me to work with me and I just get to sit with them in their pain and their shame. You know, I get to guide, um, you know, I get to help them in some of their, their lifestyle design choices. I get to, you know, lead them to their parts that are really difficult and I help them, um, you know, validate their parts and validate their emotions and help them to put words to things when words aren't available. Right. That's my, that's my job, but it's a, I get to do that now for humans. It's not a need. It's not a need based. I could stop tomorrow and find something else to be fulfilled, but I, I get to do it. It's not about me anymore. It's actually about them, um, which which just, you know, it's no longer a trauma response. It's a, all these gifts and skills that my trauma taught me, um, you know, to sense people, to communicate in a way that's very peaceful, right? Because I'm always the one, I was always the one trying to bring peace to the situation, to any conflict. And so now I can use the piece that I have. Um, I can use all of these people-pleasing skills. I can use all of this vigilance and hypervigilance that I've I've learned to read people's facial expressions and all of these tools that I grew in my trauma from my childhood. I can use those, but now to the benefit of others, like true benefit in their healing, not just in enabling them so that I can fix the situation so that we can all feel safe. It's it's true healing, which is very different than just fixing. You know? mm. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Um, I think it's, I mean, I'm just, I have a smile on my face. If we had a video interview, it would be interesting. <laughs> so yes, it's beautiful though. I have to say that first. It's, it's one of the most beautiful things that I can think of. It's coming from this individual kind of journey of healing, of trying to heal oneself, which all experiences within that realm is valid to me, yeah. to the universal sense of being. This, mm. what you just described, sounds to me like this is now, it's not about me. So that's yeah. now universal. That's yes. universal energy doing its work. Exactly. So yes. it's beautiful. Wow. Um, and that's what I call spirituality too. See, and we don't have to even rationalize or even mm. talk about it. It's just there. You know, what are yeah. you doing is just so clear to me. We yeah. don't have to have a conversation about it in order for me to kind of see that. It's so clear. Yeah. Most people that I interview here, that's what the place that they're coming from. Yeah. So it's uh, sacred. That's the mm. word I usually u- use for these meetings. The way we mm. speak here is like, oh, it's such a, a sacred space because we are coming from the universal energy trying yeah. to help others as many as we can <laughs> and not because yeah. we want to out of making the world a better peaceful place which would be wonderful too but it's a different it has a different quality to it it really does sarah it yeah really does. yeah i can i can sense that you know it's almost like if you rewind back to the original question of who are you you know the answer could be i am someone who is walking in my purpose mm. rather than listing what your purpose is. It's just, I'm someone walking in in my purpose. Mm -hmm. Instead of saying, you know, well, I am a coach and I am a mother and I am this and I am that. It's that I'm someone who's exploring my potentiality. I'm someone who is creating lifestyle for myself so that I can fulfill my own dreams in order to bring purpose to others, right? And so it's more about what's coming from you rather than what your product is and 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 what you're actually delivering, it's it's the place that you are delivering it from. 
you know? Yes, that's it. Yeah. A billion times to that truth. Yes, mm. that resonates so, I mean, that's what my heart opens to every time. Like, yeah, that's it. And, you know, I don't know, I think it was yesterday, the day before, I was just reflecting about, you know, this place of universal place. It's a place of love, really. And yeah. then what love does, it loves. So love yes. loves. It, it can't mm. do anything else but love. <laughs> yeah. So that's what yeah. it's felt here. That's what I feel every time I talk to somebody and, mm. and experience what they are doing in the world. It's just, ah, that's love. Mm. <laughs> How beautiful. <laughs> I can't help it but say it a thousand times sometimes even Aww. because it's, yeah. it's so, I mean, I'm devotional. For some reason, there's something, a part of me that loves to, Kind of when you see something that's beautiful or universal, spiritual, whatever, it just kind of melts <laughs> and mm. I can't help it. So um, let's see, going back to what you do, you're the founder of Full Circle Wellspring and coach consultant of the Personalized Trauma Healing System. So talk to me about that, Sarah. Do When people come to see you, when they first start, if they want to start sessions, having sessions with you. So what's the first step? Do you, yeah, I'd love to hear, how does it work working with you? Yeah, absolutely. So um, when I started Full Circle Wellspring um, a few years back, um, I started as a coach. So I am an IFS informed certified trauma recovery coach. And I specifically work with trauma survivors in their trauma healing journey. And I walk beside them um, as a coach rather than a therapist or a counselor or a consultant. Um, I believe that they have everything that they need inside of them to find the healing. Um, so it's more of that, you know, personal coaching, life coaching, but specifically for trauma survivors and, and walking them through. Um, I also practice IFS, internal family systems modality. So um, people will come to me specifically for IFS sessions, or they come to work with me with trauma recovery. And if they do, um, we oftentimes get into some kind of IFS. Either we use some of the parts language, or we may even do some sessions intertwined with their coaching. Um, but I do have those separated. So if people do want to uh, work just doing IFS sessions, whether exploring all the way down to healing and freeing of parts. Um, but the mapping and the exploration, just getting to know your parts is super important. Um, so when I started doing that, um, I became kind of pregnant with another idea. One of my biggest passions um, is, is lifestyle design, is really creating curated lifestyle that works for what you are aiming to do, not just with your life, but with your, with your time, with your money, with your energy. Um, you know, it's kind of like budgeting, right? Yeah. We, uh -huh, only, yes. we only think to buy, budget our finances, <laughs> but we really have True. to also budget our time. Um, mm, we have to budget yeah. our relationships, our energy levels. Um, and so creating lifestyle design is super important to me. Um, it's something I've been practicing actually long before my own trauma healing. Um, I, I've been doing lifestyle design for myself um, since I was very, very young. It was like I would get an idea and I would just work toward it and go do it. So it's allowed me to really any dream that Sarah says she's got, you're going to see me with in the next year or two, um, pretty <laughs> yes. much doing it. I was I was yeah. 12 when I announced to the world I was not going to college, but I was going to move to New York City. Yeah. It took me five and a half years to get there, but I did it. Um, yeah. Because, yes. you know, I, there's this pesky thing called high school had to happen in the meantime. Right. Um, but things like that, you know, traveling, uh -huh. um, just things that are important to me, yeah. I'm able to do them because I design my life around the design that I have that I want to curate, the goals that I have and the purpose that I have. So about a year ago, I started to get kind of pregnant with this idea of like, 
what does that really look like for trauma survivors to design their life when oftentimes we don't even consider ourselves? We don't even consider our wants and our needs. We might not even be able to identify our regular bio needs or our regular life functioning skill needs. There's some trauma survivors that are not even able to do you know, things like budgeting or basic hygiene because they've been so self-abandoned or neglecting of themselves. Um, all the way to then this dreaming and this visualizing of where they want to go um, and all the grief and all of the magic that can come with that. Um, it's very difficult because they have these trauma blocks. And so uh, a few months ago, I, I officially launched the Personalized Trauma Healing System, and that's a trademarked curated lifestyle design program specifically for trauma survivors. Um, I'm offering 12-week packages right now with that. It's a big commitment. It's a commitment for myself. It's a commitment for the client. Um, it's a time commitment. It is a saying, hey, we're going to sit down and we are going to work side by side relentlessly to work on some of your lifestyle design pillars. Um, and the pillars can be anything from psychological, emotional, financial, relational, their their career goals, um, you know, uh, going back to school, um, how they want to, you know, family plan. There's tons and tons of pillars that I've designed. Um, and we we work through what I've designed is called this, the joy scale. Um, and it's a, a really long, in-depth, introspective um, uh, assessment that allows you to go through all of these questions and kind of find out where you are in your overall joy. Um, you know, starting from the very, very bottom where you have people who, you know, may be, um, you know, almost suicidal if they're not already suicidal, just very depressed. They find it very hard to find even a little joy in big, 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 great things. Um, you know, a level up from there where you're kind of in the day to day, you're kind of in a rut, but like you can find a little bit of joy if something really great happens, a really big win, or you get a big promotion. Um, then you've got your middle people. And I find that most of my clients kind of sit there where, you know, they're right. You know, they, yeah, there's joy in big things, maybe even some thankful gratitude in, in maybe some smaller things throughout the day. They're okay in their career. Their families are right. Their relationships are kind of so-so, you know, they, they still have a lot of trauma triggers. They get activated, but maybe they're building some coping skills to deal with the activations, but they're not really accessing true abundance and true ease in their day-to-day -day life. Um, and that's that middle. And then as it goes up from there, obviously, you're just finding more and more ease and joy and abundance, um, even while you're still healing, because I'm still in a healing journey. Everyone's still in their healing journey. No one's, it's not something that you arrive. Um, and so using the joy scale and other personality assessments, I work with clients in the personalized trauma healing system. And we work together on these packages. I'm also going to do a masterclass that starts in February. Um, and right now what I'm offering is free 30-minute webinars. Um, there's a free short, it's not the full joy scale. It's just a short personality assessment that's free on the website, um, at personal, personalized trauma healing system.com. Um, there's a couple videos there that answer some Q and A's, but, um, the personal assessment sends me some information about you to see if we're, we might be a good match to work together. And then the webinars are coming up. There's a couple in November, uh, just one in December because of the holidays and a couple more in February. So if they're interested in a package, if they're interested to learn more, um, they can always do the webinar. And as far as trauma coaching or IFS coaching, um, that just starts with a discovery call. It's a 30-minute free complimentary kind of a connection call uh, just for us to see, um, you know, what, what you've been through and what you're looking to accomplish in coaching um, to see if we're a good match for each other. 
Um, and then from there, you just kind of jump into, you know, whatever works for your schedule and for your budget as far as, you know, just regular ongoing coaching sessions. So yeah, it's a few options for people. They can find everything at fullcirclewellspring.com. My bio is on there. The um, the podcast that I host is on there. And the the link to trauma, um, to personalized trauma healing system is is on that website as well. So I'll have the link on the, the podcast notes. I love the, I mean, I love everything you do and how you do it. It's just so insightful. Uh, and mm. I can tell it's coming from deep insights that you have mm. had and also for connecting deeper with others. Mm-hmm. And I love the the idea that we can find some sense of joy and abundance yeah. and ease, as you say, while we are in the recovery yeah. journey. That yeah. is so important. And and I love yeah. everything about these pillars of the lifestyle design. Yeah. That sounds, yeah. I, I never heard it that way before. It's coming from that place again, yeah. <laughs> that place of love. <laughs> yeah. It's true, so beautiful. You also talk mm. about the window of tolerance. I guess yes. I mean, you said something funny. The message that you sent to me, I was laughing. You said, I am an IFS informed and, and could talk for days about it. <laughs> yes. I was like, I was laughing <laughs> yes. about yes. that. And tell me about it. I could talk about anything healing and spiritual for yes. ages too. I <laughs> just yes. stay here forever. But talk to me about the window of tolerance and how, I think you say, how trauma survivors can expand their window. That caught my attention. Yes, I know. This is where I wish that we had a video because I would be using my my hands to kind of show you. But (laughs) the window of tolerance or the window of capacity, it's kind of known. This, um, you you can Google this. You can take a really deep dive into polyvagal theory. You can learn about the autonomic nervous system and the ventral vagal and the parasympathetic nervous system and the sympathetic, um, and you can see how you know activations work. But the the window of capacity or the window of tolerance right there in the middle um, is that place where you feel comfortable, where you feel safe, where you feel that ease. Um, you know, you're you're restful, but you're not you know falling asleep. You're just you know you're just you're 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 alert, but you're not super on guard, right? Like, I mean, we have to be, humans have to be aware of what's going on around them. Um, and outside of both of those windows is um, each side of that top and bottom, north and south, is a dysregulated state. And this is where you start to lose that comfort zone. You're not totally out of control, but you've gone into, in the, on the Northern side is the hyper arousal and the Southern side is the hypo arousal. And that's gonna be the higher activation or the lower activation where you're gonna go into the, the top part is that um, fight flight kind of mo- mode. You're gonna run, you're gonna fight. Um, this is also where fawning would be. On the bottom, this is where you're gonna freeze, you're gonna shut down, you're gonna flop, maybe faint. Um, you know, getting into that where your your dorsal vagal is actually shutting your body down. And this is like what possums do where they actually feign death. They actually, you know, excrete chemicals that tell the predator that this is already a dead possum, leave it alone. Um, that that is actually a, a mammalian brain kind of thing that that our, our mammal brain can do. So that that window of capacity um, for trauma survivors is often very small. Um, and the reason for that is is they they didn't they weren't taught or they weren't showed how to access places of rest, places of calm, places of safety. Um, they just weren't, they didn't ha- they weren't afforded that. Um, if you grew up in poverty or in abuse or with an alcoholic parent, you had to be on guard, which is actually a dysregulated state in your sympathetic nervous system. You had to be activated. You had to know what was going on. You had to be hypervigilant. You had to be ready at any moment to fix, to, to fight, to fight, to, 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 
to do what you needed to do to keep yourself and others safe. Um, or you just weren't taught what it means to be okay to rest. You're just a high functioner. You live in that anxious kind of state. And so what we're doing with trauma recovery coaching is when you get into the dysregulated state, there's a, there's a pause there before you go into true hyperarousal or true hypoarousal. There's a dysregulated window that happens there. And what we're doing with coaching is we're teaching you coping skills to bring yourself back into the window of, of tolerance. All right, you've gotten yourself activated. You're recognizing it. Great. Let's bring yourself back in. Okay, what do you need? How can you breathe? What could you say? What mantras? Um, you know, people will utilize a place in their body that feels safe and bring yourself back into the window of tolerance. And I love that with coaching and I would do that all day long. Healing is beautiful when that happens. However, the other side of it that I think I've unlocked with the personalized trauma healing system is we want to also not just teach you your, your tips and techniques and your toolbox to grow when you're dysregulated to bring yourself back in. We want to also grow your window of capacity. And this is where the lifestyle design happens. You know, if you're getting a good night's sleep, we're just going to use sleep as a blanket pillar, right? It's just an easiest one to pick on. I've always found. Yes, if you true. get a good night's sleep, we all know what that feels the next morning. Oh my goodness, you yes. can conquer the world, yes. right? You know, yes. now when the kid, you're getting the kids up for school, it uh -huh. doesn't matter that they're not ready. You're great. You're feeling yes. beautiful. Right. You know, you're looking in the mirror. Oh, you're having a good hair day. Like everything lines up because you got yes. a good night's sleep, right? Yes. Trauma survivors <laughs> struggle immensely with their sleep, right? Sleep is difficult, especially for high anxious people, for people that were traumatized or abused in the night by their parents. They live in an activation. They wake up with night terrors. They have a hard time falling asleep. Or when they wake up in the morning, they remember that they don't really love their life. So it's hard to get out of bed, right? This is a place of big struggle for them. And it's a pillar that oftentimes um, is, is really holding them back because now you're going to make choices all day long because you're tired. You're not going to stop smoking. You're not going to limit your caffeine. You're not going to watch what you ate. You're probably not going to go for that walk in the afternoon. All of these other pillars, you know, are happening because of one pillar being dysregulated, right? Um, and so bringing more pillar lifestyle design by healthy choices, fixing pillar by pillar, making little adjustments here and there to eating, to social. If you have to see a boss every day that yells at you and reminds you of your scary dad, you are not going to come home in the evening very regulated at all. Um, you know, if you're seeing someone who does not treat you well, if you go out every week with those girlfriends who do not understand you, but you keep going and you feel depleted every single time you meet with them, these pillars of social, you know, social aspects or relationships, they will break you in other areas, right? Because all of the pillars are interconnected. So piece by piece, pillar by pillar, choice by choice, you can actually expand that window of tolerance. So now if you imagine it several inches wider, where you would have been dysregulated now falls inside of a window of capacity. Did, did that thing still happen? Did your kids still forget their cleats when they went to the soccer game? Yep. Are you a little annoyed? Yes. But are you actually actively dysregulated? No, you're still inside of your window of capacity and you can have compassion for your child. You recognize you were rushing. You love them anyways. You go back and you get the shoes. You don't speed a hundred miles an hour. You're not cussing at them. You're still regulated. And that expansion allows for dysregulated states to be less accessed often less and less. 
um, which is healthy for the nervous system. It's healthy for the body. And you don't have to utilize as many coping skills to get yourself back in because your window is simply bigger. And that's what I'm trying to do with the personalized trauma healing system, that lifestyle design curating it so that you are setting yourself up for more wins. And that's why I say more ease in your in that trauma healing. You're still in it. You're still in the maze that is trauma recovery. You're still in it. It's a roller coaster ride, but you're giving yourself more places of grounding. You're like, man, I got a good night's sleep. I've conquered that. I'm really making good eating choices. I've conquered that. I've eliminated those negative friendships. I've conquered that. And now your trauma healing isn't so difficult. It doesn't have to be so hard. Bit by bit, it can get easier. It can get more even joyful inside of inside of the, the, the recovery itself. And that's, that's really what I'm trying to do with that window of capacity, expanding it for my clients so that they can access abundance and they can access a place of gratitude and, and stay regulated more often. Yes. Wow. It sounds wonderful to me. It, I mean, it makes me think about a healing lifestyle. That's yeah. what it is, which it will change the brain eventually, right, Sarah? By, yes. Like trauma changes the brain and so yes. healing practices. 100% it does. Absolutely. Your brain recognizes, hmm, I'm feeling very safe a lot of the time. Hmm, these relationships feel like I can be really authentic and the mask starts to come off. Your brain recognizes that and you can rewire your brain, your neural pathways. There is, there is neuroplasticity. You can rewire those places and it does not have to continue to dysregulate you in, in, in these various areas. Yes. Yes. So I see what you're up to. <laughs> There's a, a very wonderful thing. And we mm. want to see more of this in the world, which is, mm. it is already, I mean, it's all, it's all around me. So I can imagine what's happening mm. out there, things that I yeah. don't, I'm not even aware of. Thank you yeah. so much, Sarah, for being you, for doing Thank what you, you do. Thank you. Aww, Thank so, you for having me on. It's been a joy to chat with you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I feel the same way. I love how generous you are too. That's, Thank you. That's another quality of love, right? It just keeps giving. <laughs> it's, yeah. uh, it, it, it has enough to give. So mm. let's see. I have the ending questions for you. But before that, would you like to add anything that you left unsaid? Gosh, I just want to thank yeah. you for your work that you're doing. Um, you know, you're putting this energy out into the world. You're bringing healing to people who are listening. Your audience is regularly, I think, catching a sense of the joy that I know I can feel coming from you. And that comes from you being authentic and you being willing to share this platform and this space uh, for your audience. So thank you for what you're doing. I appreciate it. Mm, thank you so much, Sarah, for, mm. uh, for seeing that. Yeah. <laughs> There's something about being seen, right? Valued. Mm, it, it makes yeah. connection so much easier. <laughs> yes. Thank you. So mm. I guess my last question is a question that I usually ask everyone. I'll ask you too. What three experiences you wish everyone to have before they lose the body, before they die? Mm, three experiences. Goodness gracious. Um, you know, I'm such a believer in people having so many different experiences. Gosh, mm -hmm. this is going to be hard. <laughs> yeah, the, the, nice. the reason is, so I think of things that are so wonderful for me that absolutely would repulse someone else, right? I think of all these different coping skills, right? So we know with, um, let's say something like breath work or yoga, that might be a lifesaver healing tool for me, and it might absolutely trigger someone else, right? So I don't know if there's experiences other than 
figuring out who you really are and how you can show up in the world, what feels right and authentic for you. Um, once you've designed that, once you've said, this is who I am, this is who I want to be, this is what I want to grow as, this is where I want to show up, this is how I want to show up. I would say that's where you go and then you just do whatever those experiences are for you that are congruent and that align with who you're attempting to be, who who you who you're looking to show up as in the world. Um, I think that means doing the work in yourself, trauma or not trauma, right? It doesn't matter if, if you're a trauma survivor. If you don't, if you don't um, you know, align with that word, that's okay. But I think everyone has a place where they need to stop and go, what am I actually trying to do? What is my purpose? What was I meant to to be here for? Because it's it's such a short time in all of eternity. It's it's like a, just a wind blew by and there went your 80, 90, 100 years. <laughs> that's true. And so, you know, <laughs> yes. just to examine that as knowing that it's quick, but it is the longest thing you're ever going to do is this life. And so figuring out what looks right for you, how you can be the most kind, most authentic version of yourself and maybe that's the experience there is just for you to do that chore. Cause I, I call it a chore. It's kind of a piece of homework. It's a big to do. It's a big ask. Yes. It's a very big ask for you to do yeah. the introspective work to figure out what's going to actually make you happy. Because at most people that are, that are sleeping, they're sleeping their way through life. Um, like, I don't know if you've read Anthony DeMello's book, um, uh, 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 awareness. When, when we wake up, right. When we're waking up to those places, it changes everything. So I think so many people are just, well, I, I, I do this. I go to high school. I go to college. I go to the job. I work there for a bunch. I get married. I have a couple of kids. They, you know, they do basketball and football and then I retire and then I maybe travel for a year and then I die. And it's like, if we stay in this, I mean, that's the American dream. That's the American dream cycle that people get stuck in. But if you actually stop all of it, just stop it all and just get really quiet and go, what, what is this thing that I'm doing? What is this life for me? And, and then go chase it, relentlessly pursue that. You'll never touch it. You're never going to touch full and true happiness until, until this, this painful body has left us. I don't think, I don't think that's possible. I don't think true human freedom is trapped inside of this skin, but the relentless pursuit of it, that's the journey. And that's the experience. Yeah. Uh Wow. Uh, it's almost like oh, so much timeless wisdom that you have shared that I'm, I'm mm. thinking to myself, wow, this is a kind of incredible to fit in one Aww. podcast. And you did. That's how clear Aww. you are. It's, I mean, I love that, Sarah, about you. Thank it's you. It's so clear. Thank you so much again for being you, for yeah. saying yes to life. Um, it's mysteries <laughs> and everything that uh, comes with it. Thank you so yeah. much again for the healing work you do and spiritual, it feels to me very much universal. Thank you. Thank you so much. We'll be in touch again. And I want to mention the website again. It's fullcirclewellspring.com. And I'll have this on your podcast notes. Yes. Are you also on social media, Sarah, Facebook, yes. Twitter? Yes, we're on, we're on Facebook and the podcast Trauma Survivorhood has... It's, it's out on all the podcast directories, but it also has a home on, um, on YouTube. So you'll find me on YouTube on there and, uh, and yeah, on Facebook. That's wonderful. I'll have the podcast profile too. I do have it here already. Beautiful. So thank, thank you. you again and we'll talk soon. Bye for now. Thank you Sarah. so much. Bye-bye. 
Thank you for listening. To learn more about Sarah Miley and her work, please visit fullcirclewellspring.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.